Let's go. Let's pray, please. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord, just to thank you for this moment to be in your house, to hear your word, Lord. And God, I ask you just to continue to be with us, Lord, just the, the ones that are here, Lord, and maybe the ones that are not here, Lord, just open their hearts and minds to your word and, and let it just get in today that, that maybe you'll change a heart and change a life, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, today we're going to continue. We've been talking about, we started off talking about unthankfulness, and that went into the reasons for unthankfulness, and, and one of those was pride, and one of those is bitterness, and we're still working through bitterness. But this morning I was reading the Bible, and, and I came across a verse that I've read many times, but it just, you know how God just, he takes that moment, he just opens it to your eyes. So I'm going to read this verse to you, and it's just, it's it's a deep verse, and it, it it meant a lot to me this morning. It's James 3.18, and the Bible says, in 3.18, it says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. And it could stop right there, but it doesn't. It says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Think about that verse. That is amazing. And that kind of goes along with what we're teaching today. You make peace, so you're going to sow righteousness. Okay, and think about it. If you sow something that's not righteousness, like you sow, you know, discord, or you sow evil, or you sow bitterness, you're going to reap that. So let's 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 start our lesson today. So we've been talking about bitterness, and today we're going to talk about, you know, we kind of talked about what bitterness is, where it comes from, stuff like that, and what the Bible says about bitterness. But let's look at what the dangers of these the bitterness can do to you. Let's look at Hebrews chapter twelve, and let's start there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. And we read this verse last week, but it's just so true. Hebrews 12, verse 15, and the Bible says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Okay, well, that's pretty sobering right there. We look at it. The Bible's telling us that, that we are to see that no one falls short of the grace of God. Well, how do you fall short of the grace of God? Because you allow that root of bitterness to grow in you. And if that little root of bitterness grows in you, you fall short of the grace of God. But then at the end of the verse, what does it say? It defiles many, defiles many. And think about that, that word defile. What does it mean? It means to spoil it means to violate, and it means to desecrate. So if you're root of bitterness and you let it grow inside you, you're going to fall short of the grace of God, and you're going to spoil, you're going to violate, and you're going to desecrate. What are you going to do that to? You're going to desecrate those around you. You're going to desecrate and destroy and spoil the relationships that you have. Just let that sink in for your bitterness, okay? So one of the great dangers to a Christian is bitterness, because if you let it sink in, you can destroy lots of things around you. And bitterness is like a poison, and it stays in your blood. It doesn't go away. And it can, it can be hidden inside you for a long time, for even years, before people start realizing it because you start showing it on the outside. But you must get rid of this bitterness before it's too late. It's just like if you went home and, you know, drank a, a cup of antifreeze. That's poison, and you're going to die unless you get rid of it, Right? So bitterness comes into our lives. It's kind of a predictable pattern if you look at it. And, and here's the thing. No one, no one is immune 
from this danger of bitterness. And it can come into you so quick and so easily. And, and the good news is that, that a Christian can be free of that root of bitterness from sneaking in if you keep your eyes out for it, right? You, you need to know how bitterness operates, okay? Because that's how we do in crime stats. We figure out, well, well what's, what's, how does a criminal operate? And then we can try to fight that crime before it happens, right? So the same thing with bitterness. You, you have to figure out how bitterness operates so you can effectively destroy it and destroy its stronghold in your life before it really takes root. Okay? Just like those weeds in your garden. You go get them when they're little. You don't wait till they've got a root that grows into your tomato plants, right? Because then you're just going to destroy your tomato plants. So we're looking at this. So how does bitter, bitterness operate? Well, let's go to Acts chapter 8, verse 23. Acts 8, 23. <clears throat> Acts 8, verse 23, the Bible says, For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. So you're in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Well, what do these things mean? Well, gall means, if you look it up, it means that you're poisoned by bitterness. The gall of bitterness is mean you've been poisoned by bitterness. And the bond, the bond of iniquity, clearly, it, it, it means if, we, if you study it out, it means that you are bound by this bitterness. So bitterness is a poison, and it will bind you, okay? Very scareful, scary. And bitterness, what is it like? It's like a wound, okay? Think of it as a wound. Bitterness can begin as a little infection that enters your body because you have a scratch. You have a wound. And that infection goes through there, right? And the wound can be really small. And that's the same way in our lives. We can have something very small, but bitterness can get in there, okay? It'll sneak in through that wound, and if it's untreated, this bitterness will have devastating effects on your life. Let's look at Proverbs 15.1. Proverbs 15.1. Proverbs 15, verse 1, the Bible says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Okay, so what is the Bible trying to teach us here? Well, gentle words remove anger. Gentle words remove anger, okay? But angry words, guess what they do? They make more angry words. So gentleness removes anger. Angry words makes anger. And what is that? That's bitterness. That is bitterness, right? So this is how important the words that we choose to communicate to each other are. If we choose words that are angry or hurtful, they're going to breed anger and hurt. If we choose gentle words or uplifting words, that's going to breed gentleness, and you're going to build somebody up, right? And, and a, think about it. A critical word or a heated argument, a misunderstanding, uh, an assumption— how about a betrayal or some type of abuse are all the perfect opportunities to be wounded? And once you're wounded, what happens? The bitterness slips in, right? And wounds can come from anybody. They can come from your parents. They can come from a child. They can come from your spouse. They can come from a friend. And they could even come from somebody at church or even a group at church because they hurt your feelings. And you got wounded, right? And some of these wounded situations... Um, you can't control them, and, and you can't change them, and they're going to happen. 
But you have to realize, and you have to be on, on call, I mean, on guard for this, right? You have to watch out for these wounds because they're going to happen. You're not going to go through life unwounded, okay? And, and anger, think about this. Anger leads to bitterness. And you flip it around, bitterness leads to anger. It's self-feeding once you get in that loop and that root, that root of bitterness gets in you. And the type of wounds that people experience in this world, they're as numerous as the grains of sands on a beach. You can be injured and wounded for anything. Okay, we're not talking about physical wounds here. Okay, and the wounds come to us in all shapes and sizes. And here's another key. Everyone gets wounded. Everyone gets wounded. You're going to be wounded. But what do you do with it? Do you treat the wound or do you let the bitterness seep in? So let's look at James chapter 1 in verse 19 and 20. <clears throat> James 1 in verses 19 and 20. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Right? This is wrath. Wrath is what? It's extreme anger. Remember, bitterness leads to anger. Anger will turn into wrath, right? And anger, guess what it does? It distracts you from listening to God, whether through prayer or whether through praying or even sit, coming to church and hearing the Word of God. You won't hear that sermon if you're distracted with your anger and bitterness, okay? That's the bad place to be, and these are the wounds we're talking about. Wounds can be real or they can be imagined. Somebody can actually do something to you mean and hurt you, or you can perceive they did something which they really didn't. That's even, that's even crazier. But sometimes we get wounded by something that someone said or someone did, right? Other times we get wounded by what we think someone said or someone did. And that's the dangerous one because now you're perceiving, you're projecting your feelings and emotions on that person. And it didn't really happen, right? So... It's like we, we like to assume that we know the truth about everything because we've made up our minds, right? But then the person that we've made up our mind about, we refuse to listen to them. Maybe when we go after them and talk to them about this. And we're not really talking, are we, because we're talking in anger. Remember those angry words? We're going to them, and then we don't listen to them, and we refuse to hear what they have to say. So that person that either wounded us or perceived wounded us now we're wounding them it does no good so our imaginations can get carried away with this type of speculation and if you have that root of bitterness inside you and you're sitting there at home alone you're going to be going over in your mind over and over and over and over and you're assuming you're assuming that you know what's inside of that other person you're assuming you know their motivations you're assuming you know but you don't so you're building that bitterness and that root is growing right so let's talk about disappointment right so let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Colossians 3, in verse 13. The Bible says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, comma, so also do ye. Huge words, huge words, right? So forbearing. What does that word mean? Forbearing. Well, I had to look it up. Forbearing means that you're being patient and restrained. You're patient and restrained with those that hurt you. 
You're patient and restrained, right? Forbearing, okay? So think about it. If we're going to be forbearing and forgiving towards one another, we're going to be patient and restrained towards one another, and we're going to forgive that other person. We do that because God tells us to do that, okay? Because then Christ says he'll forgive you. He did forgive you. He forgave you of all your sins. So why would you not forgive others of their sins? Now, here's another thing to think about. This may be hard. Yes, it's not easy, but you're growing in Christ as a Christian. But that other person that you may be mad at, guess what? They're also growing in Christ. So why shouldn't they have the same, you know, the same forbearing and the same forgiveness that you were given? Okay, we're all growing in Christ. We need to grow together. Okay, so when a wound is not dealt with properly, what happens? You get disappointed, right? Because you've got that little root of bitterness growing now. And this disappointment is the next downward step on the path towards bitterness. It's that little root. It's, it's growing now. Disappointment can come when we feel that we have been let down or betrayed or maybe defeated or treated wrong, right? And those are common feelings when you've been wounded, okay? These types of feelings are directed towards others or they can be directed toward a specific situation. And even more scary, some people direct this towards God. They have a little root of bitterness towards God. Then they're angry at God. They have disappointment in God. But it's all their problem. They're the ones having this problem. They need to get it right with God. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. <coughs> Ephesians 4.32. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Ephesians 4.32, the Bible says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's read that one more time. Be ye kind one to another. Are you kind to everybody? Tender-hearted. Are you tender-hearted to everybody? Forgiving one another. Are you forgiving of everybody around you? even when they hurt you. Because why? God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. It's pretty, pretty deep, right? So this idea that we feel we can be disappointed in God, this should make you very uncomfortable. If you're disappointed in God, that's a very uncomfortable place to be because there is no justifiable reason ever to be disappointed in God, ever, okay? And nevertheless, this, this can happen because why? Because we're sinful creatures who are born in sin. Most of the time we, we're fighting the world, we're living in that flesh, right? And we're prone to wonder. The Bible teaches us all this, okay? So other than disappointment, what else can be playing with, with, with uh, our bitterness? It's anger. Anger's right there, right? Let's look at Ephesians 4.26. Ephesians 4.26 should be on the same page. It says, <clears throat> the Bible tells us, and this is God's word, not mine. It says, be ye angry. It means you can be justifiably angry. You can be hurt, guys. It says, be ye angry and sin not. There's the bitterness. There's that root. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Why does God tell you to not let the sun go down upon your wrath? Okay. Well, this right here, this verse right here is probably one of the most important instructional verses for a Christian in God's word right here. 
This is a huge keystone, okay? So that next step down on the path of bitterness is anger. And anger is the result of allowing that disappointment we're talking about to stay inside of you and fester and grow. And where does it grow? It grows in your heart. So if you have disappointment and bitterness and anger growing in your heart, guess what's pushed out? Love, tenderness, forgiveness. They can't all grow in there together, right? And if, if anger is left undealt with, it begins to stir our feelings and emotions. And there's the danger, feelings and emotions, feelings and emotions. We, m- many people run on feelings and emotions instead of running on what's true and what's right, okay? <clears throat> so <clears throat> when a person allows this anger to grow in their lives, the effects are very visible. You start seeing it because that root is getting bigger, right? And what happens when, when we run our lives on fi- feelings and emotions instead of on truth and what's right? We're going to get off base. We're going to get way off base. And we're going to start seeing things skewed. You're not going to see stuff clearly, right? So a person who has anger growing inside their heart can be seen. How can it be seen in them? Well, here's the ways it can be seen. You see it in their attitude. They start having an attitude, okay? They're negative. You find somebody that's always negative, guarantee you that root of bitterness is deep in there, right? They have sharp words. They cut you. They're short with you, right? They're irritable. They're very critical of others around them. Uh, They end up blaming others all the time instead of taking responsibility for their own selves, right? They're unhappy. They're never satisfied. This is a person you can never satisfy no matter what you do. They even have in their own lives, this is very common, but they will have a lack of peace and a lack of joy in their lives. They just can't be happy, okay? So the bottom line is an angry heart it manifests itself in some ways that are visible in your lives eventually. And then you start hurting others, right? And this is when you see somebody that's depressed. They've got anger. They've got bitterness. Something's bothering them. Depression is not natural, okay? <clears throat> well, why does this usually cause, or one of the big causes? Unforgiveness. So let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Matthew 6, 14. Matthew 6, verse 14 through 15. The Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, these are those wounds we were talking about, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Good thing, right? Here's the second part of it. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That is a very scary place to be, and that is bitterness in your heart. If you have unforgiveness and it's manifesting as bitterness, you are in trouble, right? So it's a very scary verse right here because it has a promise. If you're unwilling to to forgive those that have hurt you or that you've perceived have hurt you, God says, why should I forgive you? You're walking around with that hard heart. That's a bad promise. And if it's left unchecked, anger will open this door to unforgiveness, right? And, and how do we know if we have unforgiveness in our hearts? Well, here's a couple things that I looked up that I found. It says 
you can ask these questions to yourself. And, and, and if you hit one or all of these, you may probably have a pretty good chance you've got unforgiveness growing in your heart. Does a person's name cause your stomach to tighten up? Okay. When you're thinking about a specific, specific situation or maybe even a con- conversation you've had in the past, does it make your joy in your life evaporate? Okay. Do you secretly wish for vindication or retribution? Okay. Do you long for the day when those who hurt you experience the pain that you have experienced? That's holding a grudge. Okay. So these are just a few clues that unforgiveness is not only living in your heart, but it's growing. Okay. As it grows, you're going to have more of this, right? So let's look at uh, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 18. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 18. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. 20 through 20, 21 through 22. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. And the Bible says, Then came Peter to him and said, I'm sorry. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? So how often will my brother wound me? How often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. So Peter's saying, Jesus, Lord, how many times can somebody hurt me? They, They hurt me seven times. Do I forgive them seven times? Well, let's see what Jesus answered. And he gave a great answer, didn't he? Look at this answer. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. So for every single time somebody wounds you, you have to forgive them 70 times seven. Why did Jesus tell us to do it that many times? Because he knows you're full of bitterness and unforgiveness. That's something we're going to fight with. But he says, no, it's unlimited, right? So Jesus answered us. And as a Christian, we're told to give, what, huge amounts of grace and forgiveness to others because God gave us huge amounts of grace and forgiveness, right? God's forgiveness is unlimited. He didn't die on that cross and say, okay, I'm dying on this cross because you have a thousand sins I'm going to pardon, and then the rest is on you. No. His forgiveness is, unforgi- is unlimited. <clears throat> so what he expects of us is for the forgiveness that we show others to be unlimited as well. Okay? If you can do this, guess what? You're fighting that root of bitterness. And are your thoughts about another person that hurt you, are they thoughts of giving that person grace and peace? Probably not, if you have bitterness in your heart. Do you choose to love them and bless them and, and wish them to the best? in their life? Or do you secretly hope that that person that hurt you, that they have some type of pain that just eats them like it's eating you because you're the one letting it grow in your heart, right? So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. First Peter chapter three and verse nine, and the Bible says, "Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing." How do we inherit blessings? Well, here it is. So when a person 
A person is bitter. They focus on the, the wrongs that others have done to them or maybe wrongs that they think they've done to them. Bless you. While, this is the scary part, they're focused on, on whatever somebody else has done or what they think somebody's done to them, but they're oblivious to their own sin. They don't look at themselves. They don't have any self-reflection, right? And those who are bitter, they can recall conversations, they can recall words and details about people and events that have hurt them years. I'm talking years afterwards. You can talk to people and they'll say, you remember when we were 12 and I'm now 80, but I remember when we were 12, you said this to me. You've held on to this that long? The other person's probably like, I don't even remember that. But they did because they held on to that wound. And guess what that was? That, was? that got into that infection. That was that root of bitterness, and it's still there. If they can remember it that clearly, that root of bitterness is still in them. They have not forgiven that person. Okay? They can say they have, but they're lying. Okay? So bitterness, um, they remember all these details. And they don't let it go. But like I said, they don't remember what they've done to others. You know, I can remember you hurt me, you hurt me 20 years ago. And maybe I've made you pay for that for 20 years, but I'm not going to remember what I did to you. That's bitterness, right? First John 1 9. First John 1 9. <clears throat> First John chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness, guys. But that goes along with forgiveness. You want to be cleansed of all unrighteousness? You've got to forgive, right? A bitter person will rationalize their own innocence while condemning others around them. They're going to condemn, condemn you. And if you even go try to talk to them, and try to make it right, they're still going to flip it back on you. They're going to say, what about you? What about you? No, what about you? A bitter person may, in fact, be the victim of a horrible injustice. They may be. They, you may have really, really hurt that person. You've done something bad, right? But they're allowing that injury of that wrong to remain unhealed. And that's very dangerous because you're bitter, you're not forgiving. You're not getting right with God, and you're not getting right with that person. Okay? And you think about this. Never forgiving and letting the past go. That's bitterness. And if you do that, what will it do? So if you're focused on something in the past, and you won't let it go, and you won't forgive, and you're dwelling on it, it's going to destroy your present and your future. It's going to destroy. There's just no two ways about it. <clears throat> so a bitter person, they're tormented by maybe some abuse in the past, and it gets progressively worse because the bitter person will not let go of the past. And they're constantly judging others, right? They're judging the ones that hurt them in the past, not in the future. I mean, not in the present, in the past. And, and if they cannot forgive and, and, and just never bring up the past like Christ promises he will do for us, they will continue to spiral down that, that road of bitterness and depression and anger, and they will get to a level to where they're in a very dangerous place. Okay, And this is usually where they commit suicide or 
they kill somebody. It can get there, okay? The good news is that no Christian has to be bitter. And the matter, no matter what the offense is, no matter what the pain was, no matter what the injustice, what the wound, you can experience healing, okay, through Jesus Christ, right? And bitterness can be difficult to diagnose in our own lives because why? Because bitterness distorts our perception and skews how we see things, how we look at things. So we're not even looking clearly. So how can we see that bitterness in us, right? Those with bitterness in our hearts, they often see things in a way they want to see things because it fits their narrative. How's that about this world? Everybody's trying to make everything fit their narrative, right? But it's not the way it truly is, okay? And, and this is why that we have to be careful to keep ourselves from even a hint of bitterness. Remember it says, don't let that small root sneak in there. That small root of bitterness that gets in our heart will grow if it's left there and it's not treated, right? Bitterness is very dangerous. We've talked about this. And we can be bitter and we can still say all we want. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. But if anybody ever comes to you and tells you, hey, you're bitter, it's because your perception is skewed, you're not seeing clearly, and they can because they're on the outside. You might want to listen to that person. You might want to stop and say, tell me how you know this, right? So we can tell ourselves that we have forgiven someone, and we can tell them all day long, I've forgiven you, I've forgiven you, I've forgiven you, but we still have resentment because we haven't. And we let it fester, and we let it grow inside of us, right? Let's look at Ephesians 4.31 again. Go back to this verse. And, and it's a very important verse, and it's, it's um, pretty strong. Ephesians 4.31, this is the Bible, this is Word of God, guys, listen. It says, let all, the key word all, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. We have went through this verse before, and it's so strong that we just have to bring it up again, right? Well, let me tell you a little story here. So my wife, when we're sitting in church, sometimes we'll be sitting there, and she'll reach over my Bible, and in the margin, she'll write, Te amo, or she'll put a heart, something here, I love you. Mostly it's Te amo, because, you know, that's her language. Well, she wrote Te amo right above this verse, and it just happened the way it fell. It's right there on the corner of my Bible, right above this verse. I love you, and I have to think about that, because I get mad at my wife sometimes. But right there, what does it tell me? It says, she's saying, I love you. But right there, it says, let all bitterness. And I think about this verse, Colossians 3.19. You don't have to go here, but this verse means a lot to me, and I think about it a lot. I want to read it to you. Colossians 3.19. It says, husbands, that would be me, love your wives and be not bitter against them. That just kind of stabs you in the heart, doesn't it? Chris, you can't be bitter at Heather. You can be mad at her, but you can't be bitter. Because bitterness is a root that will get in your heart, and it will grow, and you will be angry at your wife, and you will get grievous words, and you will get more hatred in you, and it's all because of something. And I think about that all the time, and I actually pray for it all the time. God, don't let me bitter against my wife. And right here, te amo, right above this verse. So it means a lot to me. Because it's, it's very easy to get bitter against somebody, isn't it? So if we allow this bitterness to remain in our lives, what does it do? It will make you push that other person farther and farther and farther away from you, and it'll take away your liberty and freedom with Christ. 
That's what you're doing with your bitterness. And it will harden your heart. It will break and it will destroy everything good in your life. Okay? Bitterness, it erodes our optimism. It shatters our joy. And it kills our ability to love others. Think about that. Especially in a marriage. Or even with parent-child. It affects your ability to love that other person. Bitterness will cause you to break your fellowship with God. Think about that one. You broke your fellowship with God when you're bitter. That's bad, okay? And a bitter person goes through their life with a heart that does not fully function. Think about if your heart was only, you know, halfway beating. How would you feel? Maybe like Mark. Just kidding, Mark. He just got out of the hospital from a heart problem, so. Um, a bitter person goes through their life and, and they don't have the ability to love others because it's their full, so full of bitterness. They live in a land, they live in like spiritual poverty, right? And all they want to do is drag everybody else down around them, especially the ones that hurt them, right? A bitter person does not know how to love like God tells them to love. And that's scary. That's scary. Because God is love, right? Everything Everything in this Bible, the whole book of John, is nothing but about Christ's love for us. If you're bitter, you don't have God's love. And the sad thing is, the more bitter you get, the less love you have. And you do not have the ability or the knowledge to love because of your bitterness. But the good news is that no one has to be bitter. Okay, Jesus Christ offers us the power to stop this bitterness before it starts and to heal those wounds in our hearts no matter how great the offense was. Okay? Let's go to 1 John 3.8 again. 1 John 3.8. 1 John 3.8. The Bible says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning... For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So what are we looking at here? Well, sin is from the devil. He started in the beginning sinning, right? He got cast down to this earth, and he's been sinning ever since. And he sent the Son of God to fight against that. And what's bitterness? It's a sin. It is a sin. It's not like a little sin. We talked about that last week. A little sin, big sin, no, it's a huge sin. And all sin is the same, but this is a bad one. Because this one breeds other sin, and it breeds destruction, right? So forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness is the key to this bitterness. Part of Jesus coming into the world was to destroy the works of the devil, right? We just read that. But bitterness is the work of our flesh. And guess what Satan loves to do? He takes that little work of the flesh and he exploits it. Remember, he's going to use what he can against you, right? So if you have bitterness in your heart, he's on it. He is so on it, right? Satan will take that bitterness that's in our heart and he will help it grow. He will come in there and water it. He'll bring a whole 18-wheeler load of fertilizer because he wants that root to grow. Because if he can do that, guess what he can do? He can destroy your relationships, right? And if he can destroy your relationships, he might destroy your marriage. Wow. Something that God instituted, marriage. Remember, husband and wife come together, cleave as one? Well, guess what? If bitterness is in there, you're not going to cleave as one. You're going to be split as two. Okay, so what happens then? Marriage ends, or maybe it goes on for 50 years in bitterness. 
What's that going to do to any kids they have? It's going to destroy those kids, right? And if you get a divorce, you're destroying a family. Family is something God instituted. What's, what's Satan trying to do? Destroy everything God did. He's trying to destroy marriage today. We can see it. He's trying to destroy families. And if that bitterness is there and that unforgiveness is there, he'll destroy marriages, he'll destroy families, he'll destroy churches. And people will... You see it, and Chris has seen it, and we've seen it. You see these dysfunctional families where there's bitterness and hate and anger and young kids committing suicide. Kids have everything to live for, but because of their parents, because of the bitterness in their parents and their anger and the hatred, they're committing suicide just to get out of it. What are you doing if you let that root of bitterness grow in there? Bitterness is very, very, very dangerous, and Satan will use it. He will twist it, and he will use it. He will help it grow, and if you don't deal with it, he will use it, okay? Um, so, Jesus, he came into this world so we could be truly free. He died on that cross because he loved us. To have that love for each other, we can't have bitterness. It's got to go right? So if you're bitter, you might want to get it right today. Get it right with God, and anybody you're bitter with, you better go get it right with them. Because remember the verse, forgive others as I have forgiven you? You remember the back part of the verse, right? If you don't forgive, why should I forgive you? It's a pretty scary place, right? Okay, let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you once again today just to thank you for this moment, just to open your word and to continue learning about this root of bitterness that can get into us, Lord, and how we have to fight against it, Lord, and, and pray to God to help us fight against this bitterness and unforgiveness every single day, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, that you just open our hearts and our minds to you today. And God, as we continue to hear your word in just a little bit, Lord, I ask you just to be with us, Lord, and just fill your house up with people that, that need to come hear your word, Lord. And I ask you just to keep us safe the rest of this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.